Hey, welcome to the Lifehouse Newport News podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our vision is to bring life change through Christ to all people. And we believe that happens when people say yes to Jesus, do life together, get in the game, and leave a legacy. We hope this podcast inspires and challenges you to grow in your faith. Subscribe to ensure you don't miss a single episode and share it with someone you know who may need it. Again, thank you for joining us today. Now let's get to this week's episode. Hasn't this been an awesome series if you've been if you've been here? Like it has been absolutely life-changing. It has been great. I love it. it and what I really love about this is, is that it's absolutely logical and makes sense. Jesus is the very center of our faith. He's the very center of everything that we believe. So wouldn't we want to model our lives after the very person that we center our faith around? So living like Jesus is just it's just a no-brainer to me. And then when he, when he talks about how he lived life, and it says in John 10, 10, I have come that they may have life, they being us, they may have life, and have it to the full. So if we live our lives like Jesus, we can have a full, fulfilled life. And I've absolutely loved this series. We've talked about joining a master class, living in community, leaving a legacy, consistency, and being filled with the Spirit. How many of y'all heard that message from Pastor John last week about being filled with the Spirit? Give the Lord a clap of praise for that, how good that was. If you haven't heard it yet, make sure you go to our the podcast and listen to it. It is a life-changing word. It's a powerful word and a word for us today. Now, I was, I was thinking about this series when Pastor John told me that I was going to be closing it out. I couldn't help but think about where, what in my life do I want to copy or model after Jesus? Now, my birthday's coming up on Wednesday. Praise God. Turning 28. I'll tell you the cash app later. Don't worry. Um, I'll make sure you get that. But I turned 28. I'm turning 28. My wife and I had our beautiful son this year, this past year of my life. Yes, Kairos. Um, and I was just thinking, like, what could I use? What could I take? What can I have from taking from Jesus and model in my life that I want to uh, live like Jesus? And one of the things I absolutely admire about Jesus is his strength and authority. His strength and authority. I don't just admire it. I desire it. I desire it. And I don't just mean strength like bulking up like Kerry Jones. I'm not talking about just that kind, of, that kind of strength, okay? I'm talking about the strength, the strength to never sin. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? The strength to never sin. The strength to resist Satan himself after fasting for 40 days. Strength to, strength to know that your disciple is going to stab you in the back, but yet you still choose to wash his feet and feed him. The strength to complete the mission, knowing that it involves you giving up your entire life and dying in the most painful way possible. Having the authority to control the storm, to change the molecular structure of water and turn it into wine, to cast out demons, to feed the masses, to heal the sick, and to raise people from the dead. That is the person I want to be like. I want to be just like him. And if you want to be just like Jesus, turn to your neighbor right now and say, me too. Me too. I want that power. I want that kind of strength. and I want that kind of authority. But how? Where did Jesus get his strength and his authority from? I believe that his power came from something simple, logical, and is a profound action that is that as simple as it may be, is the hardest thing for humankind to do. 
I believe his power came from fully submitting himself to God the Father. I'm going to say that again. I believe his power came from fully submitting himself to God the Father. His strength and his authority came from submission. Now, we have this phobia of the word submission because when we hear the word submission, uh, we, begin to hear, we begin to think about slavery. We begin to think about control or the exertion of one's will over another. But I'm telling you, I'm here to tell you today that submission has a completely different definition, especially when it comes to God, because God is a gentleman. He doesn't force himself on people. He's not about hostile takeovers. He is about working with you together. Now, submission is actually the voluntary handing over of your will to the role of another. One more time. It's the voluntary handing over of your will to the role of another. Now, example would be, now look, if you decide that you're going to go to the gym with Carrie Jones, you are willingly handing over your body and the pain that you will ensue, that will ensue the days after, voluntarily. You are handing that over to Carrie and putting it into his hands. Now, it is not a hostile takeover. Carrie is not making you do it, although he may make you may feel that way because Carrie's very convincing. But it may, it may feel that way afterward, but you have voluntarily handed that over. And see, when we submit ourselves to God, we are choosing to live under his best and his authority. We're choosing that. We're choosing to live under his best and his authority. But how, how do we know that Jesus lived in submission. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm one of these people that are, I, I need to know that somebody else did it before I'm going to do it. Okay? If you're going to tell me that I need to submit my life, I need to see Jesus do it. Okay? I need to be, I'm one of those people. I'm hard-headed. Okay? So, I, I'm stubborn, and I'm willing to admit it. But when we look at Jesus' life, he not only did it through action, he also did it through his words. He actually talked about it. You see, in John, he says in John 5, 19, says this, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son does also. I love this because we got to remember that Jesus is not just human. He's fully God as well. So he has all the powers of God in just in human form. And I love this because he says he can do nothing. When he says he can do nothing, he's saying that he can't because he won't. Not that he physically can't. He can do whatever he wants, but he chooses not to because he's chosen to submit himself under God the Father. And then we look at Jesus through his actions. Jesus growing up. Now Jesus didn't start his ministry until he was 30 years old. So there's a time period from when he was first born all the way to 30 that there's not a ton written about. But what we do know is, is that, again, he is God in human form. So, parents, imagine your teenager with all the power of God. Lord, have mercy. Look, y'all would be ringing my phone all day, all night. Pastor Christian? And I'd be like, he's God. What am I supposed to do? Like, like what, do you, what do you want from me? Like, we, we would have such a hard time dealing with that. But, in, but Jesus, even as a teenager, chose to submit himself 
not just under God, but under his parents. Teenagers hear that. Children hear that. Now, this is coming from a guy who did not want to do that. So I'm just going to let you know what's up. <laughs> okay, my mom's in the crowd. She'll tell you, I did not want to submit. That it goes against my nature. Jesus himself, as a teenager, fully God, chose to submit himself under his parents and under their leadership. Jesus chose to do that. And then we look inside at Jesus as an adult and in his ministry. When Jesus is in the garden praying, he's getting ready to be betrayed, getting ready to be crucified, and he knows it. And he looks up to heaven and he says, Father, if there is another way, if there's another way, let this, let this cup pass from me. But if not, let your will be done. Let your will be done. He submits himself, even in that moment, Jesus could have just said, I'm done, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, take me home. <laughs> I'm going to check out. But he chose to submit. And then on the cross even, as he's going through, he's been beaten, he's been, he, he's been spit upon, crown of thorns, nailed to a cross. There are people making fun of him. The thief looks at him and says, Why don't you, if you're really who you say you are, get yourself off the cross. Get yourself off. You're good. Jesus just says, God, forgive them for they don't know what they do. And he chooses to submit even to death. Even to the point of painful death, he chose to submit. And when I look deep, deep within myself, I realize that I personally fall into a specific category of people. And that specific category of people are people who want authority and strength but don't want to submit. Give me the lights. Give me, give me the fame. Give me the titles. Give me the followers. Give me the fans. Give me the money. Give me everything. But please just don't make me submit to anybody or anything. Just let me do my thing and, and, and give me all of the benefits. Submission itself to God goes against the sin that's buried deep within our DNA. <laughs> I will say it again, Dwayne. <laughs> Submission to God goes against the sin that's buried deep within our DNA. If you don't believe me, try fasting. Try fasting. I can go all day without eating and not think about it. I could be so busy all day, go all day, not, have, not even have a hunger pain, nothing. But the moment I roll up at the church and Pastor John says, hey, we're going to do a church-wide fast, I suddenly said, you know what, I need to go to a restaurant and have one final meal. And I need to, I need, I need to start tomorrow. And then when tomorrow comes, I start waking up, I'm like, you know, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Aren't I supposed to have six small meals throughout the day? Breakfast, lunch, you know, dinner, supper, you know, snack. Aren't I supposed to do all that stuff? And, and suddenly, I decide, I need, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll fast TV. Maybe I'll fast social media. Maybe I'll fast football. Whoa, hold on. No, we can't do that. <laughs> you know, we suddenly, suddenly our bodies are suddenly rejecting the very idea of submission, even though we have no problem submitting it any other time to any other thing. But the moment we put God into the equation, our bodies reject it. You ever tried to do a daily prayer, uh, a daily prayer um, challenge where you go and do the, the devotionals on your version app? I have literally opened up the plan, read the description, and then chosen not to read that day's devotional, closed it and never opened it again. 
My, my, my ultimate DNA is decided that I want to reject whatever God wants to bring into submission. My body cannot help it. It wants to, it wants to, uh, it wants to deny everything that has to do with God. So submission is also, it's not just, not just within us, but it's actually counter to the American culture. Submission is counter to the American culture. In a world marked by independence, self-promotion, and brand, defiance runs rampant and leaves little taste for submission. Let me read that again. In a world marked by independence, self-promotion, and brand, defiance runs rampant and leaves little taste for submission. How many of us work overtime on our image? How many of us make sure that we have the perfect Instagram, the perfect Facebook? How many of us, how many of us want to make sure that we look like the perfect parent? How many of us want to make sure that as teenagers, we want to make sure we look independent? How many of us are broke, but we walk around with a veneer because it gives us a false sense of security and a short sense of satisfaction? There is no greater snare than the fear of man. No greater snare than the fear of man. We have spent too much time at the altar of approval and not enough time listening and submitting to the voice of God. Do you want favor or do you want fans and followers? Do you want favor or do you want fans and followers? Here's the difference. Fans are fickle, but the favor is foundational. Fans are fickle, but the favor of God is foundational. See, we live in a cancel culture. I don't know if you've noticed lately, but everything getting canceled. And it don't take but one wrong, one wrong thing to say, one wrong thing to do, one wrong picture of you, and it's over. But let me tell you, when you live in the favor of God, that's, that is built into your foundation. It's built into your root system, and that's not going anywhere. It doesn't matter what storm comes. It doesn't matter what people say about you. You, you have the favor of God, and that outshines and outlasts all shade that can be thrown upon you. Philippians 2, verse 6 through 8 says this. Who, be, who, who being Jesus, just want to clarify, who being Jesus, in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used as his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking, very, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as, as a man, he humbled himself, by becoming obedient to death and even death to the cross. Jesus didn't promote himself. He humbled himself. Jesus, even though he had all the power of God, could do whatever he wanted, he did not use it to promote himself on, on earth. He did not use it to be, become popular. He did not use it to become a celebrity. He did not use it to become a politician. He did not use it to take over the world. He did not use it to, uh, to, to lift himself up, but he, he used it to humble himself and to be a servant to all of mankind. He used it to become a servant. And then he used it even to the point of humbling himself again to death and even to the cross which was saved for the worst of the worst. He even humbled himself to death on the cross. You see, the enemy's goal is to bring us as much out of submission as he can. The thing, one of his greatest tricks that he ever did was he wanted us to think that we're in submission when we're just in compliance. There is a difference between submission 
and compliance. Submission is willingness. Compliance is I have to. Submission is I'm choosing to save myself for marriage because I know that I am giving my best that God created as a gift to that one that God has, has saved for me and has provided for me. Being compliant says I just don't want to go to hell. Submission is saying, I am willingly going to tithe and give over my finances to God and let him handle my, my finances. Compliance is, well, the church told me I got to, so I better. In order to be a member, they told me I should do that, so I better do it because I don't want to be left out. There is a huge difference between submission and compliance, and submission is simply, I am willingly and choosingly handing it over to you, God. Instead of, I just don't want to go to hell, or I feel like I have to. God is a gentleman. I can't say this enough. God is a gentleman. He's not going to force you to do anything, and he doesn't want you to do anything just out of compliance. He wants you to do it out of the very depths of the love of your heart. Because he wants relationship, not order. Not, not well, he wants order, but he doesn't, he doesn't want to order you around. He doesn't want you to just submit out of compliance. You know... Any area of our life that's not submitted to God is owned and governed by weakness. And that weakness is pride. That weakness is pride. Pride comes in many different forms. You know, the, the typical I know better than God kind of pride. I'm better than God kind of pride. The, the shame form of pride where we're scared to hand over certain parts of our lives to God because we're afraid of how he's going to react, which is Interesting when you think about God being all-knowing, and he already knows it, he's already seen it, and he's already chosen to love you anyway, but yet we still hold on to it, and we choose not to hand it over. Ultimately, it results in not submitting a certain area of our life to Christ. You know, Pastor John always references this, and I love his reference when when it comes to this. He's talking about playing poker. Which area of your lives are you going to push into the middle of the table? Are you going to push in your finances? Are you going to push in your relationships? Are you going to push in your, your faith? Are you going to push in your fears, your dreams, your sexuality? Are you going to push in, are you gonna push in your, your hopes? Are you going to push in the very deep, dark secrets within your being that no one knows about, the skeletons in your closet? Are you going to push those into the middle or are you going to hold them back? But the th- interesting thing is just like poker, just like poker, God's not going to increase what what you don't what you don't put in. When you're playing poker, you can only get back what you're willing to put in. When you're playing poker, if you want all you want everybody's money, you got to go all in. It can only increase as much as you put into it. It's only going to double what you put into it. And God is not going to force you to hand over anything. So what he's only going to increase what you're willing to let go of. What are you willing to let go of? One of my dearest, dearest, dearest parts of my family is my dog. This is Chibs. This is Chibs. It's, it's like Chips, but with a B instead of a P. He's a blood. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. He, 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 so my dog, I absolutely love my dog. He's 13 pounds. He's a Schnauzer Yorkie mix. He has all the attitude in the world. He spent a little time on the streets, so he's got a little hood in him. Um, he's, he's a rescue dog, and I absolutely love this dog. We, this, recently, we were out at my in-law's house, 
and they live out in the country. So it's really nice because I don't have to go out with my dog on a leash. I can just let him out, and he walks around the property in the woods and stuff and does his thing and comes back. It's a beautiful thing, beautiful thing. And except one day, I noticed that he had been out for a while. And I'm like, where is my dog? So I go out to the backyard, and I'm like, Chibs, Chibs. And then I start getting a little stern, Chibs, where you at? Like, it's taking a while. And all of a sudden, I see my, see my dog coming from the distance. He's, like, barely higher than the grass. And his head, he's got his head held high, and his tail's just a wagon. And there's something in his mouth that is bigger than his head. So I already know this is not going to be good. I don't know what's going, what is in his mouth, but I already know it's going to be a struggle. Because like I said, my dog grew up on the streets, and anytime he gets anything in his mouth, it's over. It's going to be a fight. So he comes up, and he is as happy as could be, but then he realizes, oh, crap, I'm in trouble. He's like, I forgot that I got this thing in my mouth. And I look, and it's this nasty old piece of bread that's super molded and super hard and super gross. Like, he can't even bite through it. Like, I don't even know. He's having to gnaw on it like a bone. I don't even know why he wants this thing. Okay? So we're sitting there, and I know we're not getting out. Okay, y'all, you hear, like, he, he can't bite me, so I'm like, because he has to let it go in order to bite me. So I know, I just pick him up, and he's, like, he's just growling with this big old piece of bread in his mouth. And my wife has this brilliant idea, because you know what? My wife is brilliant. Our wives are brilliant. Husbands, give it up for your wives. How brilliant are they? Can't live without them. She goes and gets one of his favorite treats. She takes this little treat. It's all nice and grain-free and healthy and shiny and smells good to him. And uh, puts it right under his nose, and he he can smell it. And he's just he's just you know he's just, he's real gets real quiet. And then suddenly he tries to grab it, but realizes he's losing the piece of bread. Snatches back over to the piece of bread, and my wife's like, "Oh, we got him! I got him!" She goes up and hand, puts it underneath, puts it right underneath his nose again. And as soon as he starts to open his jaw, she grabs that piece of bread and rips it out. Now, and, of course, we give him the treat. Now, it's a funny story, and he's a cute dog and everything, but how many of us live the exact same way? We're holding on to this nasty, moldy piece of bread that ain't worth nothing, that's unhealthy, and we refuse to hand it over to our master and refuse to submit it to him when he's got something way better for us. How many of us are holding on to old, dead, nasty relationships that are dragging us down when God's got better community for us? How many of us are holding on to our nasty, broke finances and, that, and refuse to get help and refuse to submit it to God and let him direct our paths with our finances? How many of us are holding on to dead dreams when God's got a great plan in the future? How many of us are holding on to nasty, moldy bread and refuse to give it up? Like, it's funny, but it ain't. <clears throat> because this is real life, and this is what drags people down, is that we refuse to submit everything to God. But we're just holding on to that nasty, moldy, junk stuff that's in our lives and refuse to give it up. But I'm here to tell you today, God wants you to give it up now because he has way better things for you than you could ever think or imagine. He has more planned for you. He has more in store for you. He has better relationships, better friends, better everything in your life as long as you're willing to let it go. You know, thank you. <laughs> so the question is, how does it work? How does this whole thing work? Like, 
Like, like, okay, I get your point, Christian. Like, I got bad stuff in my life. I need to let it go. How does the whole thing work? Well, it's pretty simple. We, we hand it over to God. <laughs> we take that part of our life, that nasty thing, give it to God, right? And God puts a stamp on it. Relabels it. Changes the whole thing. And the label just simply says, I am. The label simply says, I am on it. You see, what do you mean? The, see, when... When God was speaking to Moses, and he wanted to deliver the Israelites out of Egypt, he, Moses said, well, who am I supposed to tell the people that sent me? Because they hadn't heard from God in 400 years. Who am I supposed to tell them sent me? He said, tell them I am sent you. Tell them I am sent you. I'm tell, and the reason that is because God can be whatever you need him to be in any part of your life. God can be whatever part you need him to be in any part of your life. When you submit that thing over to God, he says, I am more than enough. When you submit those relationships over to God, he says, I am, and my grace is sufficient for you. When you start handing over those things, he says, I am whatever you need me to be in that part of your life. I am. So it's super simple. <laughs> we just, you just hand it over to God, and God, God says, let's build some relationship, and I put my stamp on it. Let me put my name on you. Let me put my favor upon you. Let's just change the way that we look at this thing, and let's change the perception of everyone around you because they begin to see my touch on your life. You know, when we submit ourselves to God, it's like, uh, it's like tapping into a nuclear power source. It's like tapping into a nuclear power source. There's all the ultimate power. We, can have, any, we have access to the creator of the universe. We have, oh, there's this, and it sounds super evil, ultimate power. Like, we don't, there's, like, within reason, like, whatever God chooses to have us, right? But we have access to the creator and all that he has. But I think part of the problem is that we oftentimes are plugged in, but we forget to turn it on. Or we don't turn it on. We're plugged in, but the power source ain't running. And there's many times I think we forget that we have that power source there because we haven't tapped into it in so long. The best example I can think about is Peter. When Peter is on a boat with, his, with the boys, he's out with the crew, on, on the boat, typical day, storm comes up, and it's blowing, the winds are blowing, waves are crashing, everything's happening, and they look out and they see a figure out, out on the water. It's not in the water, it's not in a boat, but it looks like a person that's out on the water. Is that a ghost? <laughs> like, you hear Scooby-Doo in the background, ruh row, like, ghost. <laughs> like, they're, they're like, it's a ghost. And they're like, and then Jesus calls out and says, hey, it's me. It's Jesus. And Peter's like, if it's really you, if it's really you, hey, call me out. Call me out to come out on the water with you. Let me walk on the water. So Jesus says, come, Peter. Come on out. So Jesus submits himself to Christ, comes out and starts, he takes, takes a step out. This is odd. Suddenly the water is solid. It's liquid, but it's solid. It's solid liquid. This don't make sense. But he comes out, steps out, and begins to walk. But then he's walking on water. He has his eyes on Jesus. And then all of a sudden he notices the storm and notices the waves crashing around him. And notices, notices everything that's happening around him that doesn't make sense. And then he begins to sink and fall because he forgot whose power he was under. 
He forgot whose authority he was tapped into, whose strength he was tapped into. I think some of us, actually I don't think just some of us, I think a lot of us, even in the big church, big C, all of us in the church, the body of Christ, there's been a lot going on. I mean, between COVID-19, that, that just wrecked like a year and a half of our lives. Like all of a sudden our students are at home, you're having to be a teacher and a parent. You're having to work from home, trying to figure out things. Maybe your, maybe your job was ended and cut short. And then the government was having such a hard time, you didn't get your unemployment, so you're just sitting there struggling. Don't know what to do. Maybe this year has been full of, maybe it's been full of sickness for you. Illness. There's been political unrest, political division that's still going on. Civil unrest where our country needs answers. And I think that we have maybe, maybe just have forgotten for a moment. We've looked around at the storm that's happening around us and we've forgotten the power that we're plugged into. We've forgotten the authority that we're plugged into. So today I want to remind you, I want to take a second and I want to remind you of the power that you're plugged into. I want to remind you of what happens when you submit yourself and submit things of your life to Christ. You see, when you submit your life to Christ, you gain it more abundantly. When you submit your finances, he's Jehovah Jireh, your provider, and all that you need. When you submit your relationships, his grace is sufficient. When you submit your pride, he will raise you up on wings as eagles. When you submit your status, he provides the promotion. When you submit your dreams, he guides the footsteps of the righteous. When you submit your fears, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. When you submit your illness, by his stripes we are healed. When you submit your obstacles, you are more than a conqueror. When you submit your future, you can walk in destiny. When you submit your anxieties, you know all things. And we say all things work together for the good of those who love him. When you submit your will, the storms may rage and the waves may crash, but you can still walk on water. When you submit your heart, you can be convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This power, this power of God is not just a piece of bubblegum kind of power where you chew on it for a little bit of flavor. This is an everyday, all day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week kind of power. When you submit your all to the power, power of Christ, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, and you will do exceedingly more according to his, his power and his riches. The, the blind will see, the de deaf will hear, the crippled will walk, the dead will rise, and Jesus will be made famous across the earth. But that's only, only if we choose to submit ourselves to Christ. When you submit yourself to Christ, you have access to all of God and all of his promises. But it's only when we choose to live under God's best do we have that access. So my next question is, and my final question, what's your next step? 
What's your next step? Thank you again for joining us today. If you need prayer, have any questions about what you just heard, or said yes to Jesus, please reach out to us at LifehouseNN.com or text 757-690-2401. We'd love the opportunity to pray for you and help guide you through the next step in your faith journey. In the meantime, we hope you'll join us online next Sunday at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. at LifehouseOnline.com or in person for a live worship service at 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. at the Kiln Creek Regal Theater in Newport News, Virginia. Visit LifehouseNN.com for more information or to RSVP for a live service.